So folks, because of the day and the time that we are living in, the Lord is speaking and it's not like in Samuel's day where there is a, there's just a, an absence of God speaking. God is speaking. And He's speaking not only through His written and through His Spirit right now, but the Lord is speaking in everything from the elements to signs that are around us everywhere. And God has given us counsel about this. And if you are not careful, you will override, yes, override the counsel of God and you will ignore the counsel of God because the counsel of everybody else is a lot stronger. And I'll just give you a great example for a minute and then we're going to move right along. For four years, for four years, I have heard everybody, including me, talk about how biased mainstream media is. All the news networks, and I say all the news networks, have had a part in being negative, derogatory, disrespectful toward the president for four years. I've even heard in the past three or four weeks people talk, and even late night TV, making fun, uh, daytime shows, news shows. I've heard this for 48 months. I've even heard, like I was about to say, in the past three to four weeks, people, everybody from friends, family, church people, fellow pastors, uh, Christian television networks, talk about how crooked and how biased the media is. And even recently how they've even covered up things like voter fraud and, and just trying to just dismiss what's happened and all these. Uh, heard all of this from everybody you can think of. And the Lord hit me hard yesterday with this because we've got a problem, Houston. And that is that the same people that all the people that I've referred to have called crooked, low-down, dirty, rotten scoundrels, lying, just left-wing, biased media, pro-everything, the same people that's talked about them have eaten out of the past eight months out of the same crooked lowdown, and you've gobbled up everything they've told you. So here's what the Lord said for me to relay back to people that will listen. That is, either you've been lying about and falsely accusing them for the past four years, either you've been lying about them or they've been lying. The whole time. You can think about it for just a second. Now, what people are doing right now, they're trying to make exceptions for them. Let me tell you something. I'm going to just give you a quick verse you're not going to see on the screen. You need to know this. Bitter water and sweet water cannot come out of the same fountain. Did you hear me? They cannot tell you the truth sometime, folks. Listen to me. He's setting up. He's doing what I've asked him to do. Listen to me. You can't tell the truth sometime 
and say, I can believe that now because that's got something to do with my health, my body, or my pocketbook. And then when it comes to political uh, opinions or affiliate and say, well, no. Don't you know that a liar is a liar? Do you not know that? Do you not know that? And you can't pick and choose when a liar's telling the truth because the father of all lies don't allow liars to tell the truth. Don't do that. And God's given us counsel. He's given us wisdom. And we, and we throw it out the window. Or we discredit people or discount, discredit people like me that tries to share the counsel of God that I'm just being in denial or I'm a redneck or I'm just, uh, you know, what it is. And I'm not getting into all, you know, research. So what do you do? I told you and I've told you over and over and over again. I've done more research now than I think I did in college. And I got the grades to prove that and that ain't saying a whole lot. But when I take this book right here that I've been wondering I told Angie the other day that the, the, I said, now I'm so excited about this day I'm living in because it's like I've been reading a movie script and no disrespect for, to the Word of God, I think you know that. I've been reading a movie script and, you know, it's, it's named actors and all that, but I never could visualize the actors and what they look like. What now? You know, about prophecy and about tribulation and about all the things and what it would look like and, and all of this, how it would all set up. Well, now I'm finally seeing the faces of all the actors and, and what all the pieces look like. And the whole time God's been giving us counsel about this and we turn a deaf ear to it. We don't want to believe it. And, and, and we are influenced by the same people we said that's been lying and, and been mischievous and they've been up to no good. And, and I know God just sits back and says, really? Oh, are you kidding me? For real. So they're telling the truth now about this, but they're lying about that. Fake votes, uh, suitcases under a table or... Uh, Dominion software. Oh, they were lying about all that, but everything they telling me about the virus, the vaccine, and all that's true. You better wake up, that's all I can tell you. A liar's a liar. A liar's a liar. And I'm just quoting my Lord and Savior. A liar is a liar. You don't have to take his counsel. You can DVR Fox. You can DVR George Stephanopoulos and ABC Good Morning. You can DVR 60 Minutes. You can DVR Stephen Covert, whatever his name is. It's made fun for four. You can DVR all of them. And then they can turn around and they can tell you, oh, well, this happened today. Oh, boy. And you change your life again. And so I'm not spending time on this. What I'm trying to get your mind on is that his name is called Counselor. That's just not a name for us to just to throw on a screen. God's trying to give us counsel over and over again, over and over. I, you know what convinces me? It's not the research that I read from uh, Minnesota State University Medical Department or uh, old thing. In fact, I'm going to say this quickly. I was looking at a patent this week because, see, I've told you, there's so many connected things to everything that's going on in our world. There is so many things. And one of the things, I was looking at a patent on one of the, one of the ingredients, and I'm not, I can't go into all this. One of the ingredients that, is in, that, that makes up the vaccine, the, the first round anyway, that's being delivered, 
and, and some of it, and I, when I found the patent and I, I did the research on that, I looked, there was about, um, I don't know how many, maybe 20-something other patents that went along. And so I went back. I wanted to go back to the first patent that was influential on this patent, on this particular thing. And do you know it went all the way back to, I believe it was 1958. My point for taking time and telling you that is simply that we haven't just stumbled on to something since March of this year, folks. Do you know that this road that the whole earth is on has been planned out for a long time? It, it didn't just creep up because people started getting sick and dying. This thing has been in motion a long time. The technologies, the trial, experimental uh, vaccines on people in third world countries that sterilize African women so they couldn't have babies because... They didn't need to have no more babies. All of these things that have been, they have been going on for a long time, and God has counseled us on this. And I want to tell you this. It's safe to cut your TV off. Go get you a 1976 Britannica encyclopedia and do you some homework. Do something that hadn't been manipulated since March of this year, and you, my friend, will... Look at the counsel of God and the things going on. And just so you know what, I can see what God is doing and how everything from the way I'm going to shop, the way I'm going to uh, have transactions, I can see how all of this plays into part. And I won't have to, well, I'll have to do what God tells me to do. So, listen, you got to choose who you're going to serve. For, well, what do you say about it? I've told you what I say about it. All of it's a lie. Everything's a lie. The devil owns everything that's going on in the world right now without repeating myself again and again and again. When he was tempting Jesus, he said, listen, and I'm paraphrasing for time's sake. He said, look, I want to show you all the worlds. This has been given to me. I do what it, with it what I want to. I give to whoever I want to give what I want to give to. So he owns it all, including the mainstream media, the entertainment industry, and, all, and the political industry. He owns it all, folks. So let me tell you something. God is counseling his people. Don't listen to nobody but the Lord's counsel. You know what? If you do a little research on your own, and not biased, not that you're trying to find something. See, that's what happens. When people try to find stuff, they find the wrong stuff that ain't even legitimate. But when you do bona fide studying to show yourself approved, you, you don't have to chase many rabbits. It's all laying right there, and it's been going on a long time. So there was two timely counsels that's been in the Bible that the Lord has put in place, and I believe for me to present to all of us today, and the first one is one I just mentioned th through the love letters in Revelation. It's the letter that was written to the church of Laodicea found in Revelation chapter 3, verse 18. And it simply says this, I counsel thee, and I believe God's speaking this now, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear <clears throat> and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that, they, that thou 
may see or that you may be able to see. So, so the Lord says, listen, I'm telling you, he was telling Laodicea, he wasn't trying to throw them into hell. That's not, he was trying to spare them from hell. And he says, look, you got a problem there. You've been doing some wrong, bad things. You've been led astray. You hadn't been listening to my counsel. So now I'm telling you and I'm counseling you to buy of me gold that's been proven. And then over in the seventh chapter of Matthew, this is real familiar. It's referred to a lot of times by me and many ministers. It says, because straight is the gate, or narrow is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that finds it. You may have a different trip, uh, translation, but that's okay. Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be, do you see that word, uh, find on there, on the screen or your Bible, find? That's an important word, folks, because that indicates something you've got to look for. If you look up the definition, you can look up the Greek uh, explanation, definition of that, that you've you got to seek out. You've you got to look for. You've got to hunt down. You've got to find. That means it's not just right there. You've got to find it. You, you, you've got to want it enough that you're willing to use your time and your resources to locate it. That's what he said. He said, the, the gate is straight and the way is narrow, but not many people at all find it. And, and we see this in the Bible. You know, when and if you seek out to find anything that God has promised you, I'm going to tell all of you today that it will take you completely out of your comfort zone. In the first chapter of Luke, every Christmas play always had this verse, it seems like. Verse 30, the angel said unto Mary, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor, found favor with God. How did she find favor? Well, she found favor by teenage choices she decided to make. She decided to keep herself pure for God. She decided to keep herself in the law and the word and the commandments of God and keep herself in the worship of God. And when you do that, that's a perfect recipe for finding favor with God. You can't just say, oh, I'd love to have favor today. God, would you throw some favor? I got time for a little bit of favor. Give some favor to me. God says, nope. It's something you've got to find, and it's something you've got to seek, and you've got to look for. Well, what it meant for Mary, she had to live in a royal mess for nine months until Jesus was born. They had to live on the run after he was born, all because she was finding favor. She was looking for what God had promised her, and she did what God said. She took the Lord up on the counsel that he said. But long before she was visited by the angel to say, you're going to have the Messiah. You're going to give birth to Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel the Lord can't help it now. Listen to me. He said this right here. He said, you've done found favor, and it's come from the way you've been living. So when the teenagers laughed at her, she didn't go party. She didn't sleep around. She didn't get drunk. She didn't watch and listen and use any kind of language. What she was doing seemed foolish to her teenage friends, but in the eyes of the Lord, she was looking for him. And when you seek God, he said, you can find him. He also said, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will actually be filled. The shepherds knew this too. The shepherds just couldn't get the great announcement from the Lord 
through the angel and say, well, this is going to be nice when it happened. Nope. It required them to get off of their duff and start marching. And again, when the Lord gives you a promise, you need to look around because it will require you to get out of your comfort zone. You'll have to trade over the hills and the mountains and the valleys. And you've got to keep your eyes on the star, by the way, while you're going because that's where it is. The Bible said in the second chapter of Luke, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. David said in the 16th chapter of Psalm that you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand, and you have to do that just what he's prescribing here. You've got to be a shepherd. You've got to want so bad to look for God. You've got to say, look, He's given me signs. He's given me the word. He's given me instructions. And I've got to seek after him. I've got to look for him. If I want to get my hands on the baby, if I want to get my hands on the blessing, if I want to get my hands on the promise that he's made to me, I've got to get up here from leaning on this staff and just taking it easy. I've got to walk while I can. I've got to march while I can. And I've got to keep my eyes on the star. What did he tell me and you? We say it all the time. We've got to look up because our redemption looks uh, right in front of us. The Bible says, look up, your redemption draws nigh. But it's right in front of all of you this morning. And when you seek the Lord and you keep your eye on Him, you look for the signs, you look for the star, you live right in spite of everybody else, God says you'll find what He's promised you. People say, well, how in the world can I walk a narrow way? Isaiah, we've read from Isaiah, but I want you to go real quick to the 35th chapter, if you will. And verse 8 said this, And there will be a highway. This, all of you wondering how to do it, here you go. Hey, here's your sign. There will be a highway called the way of holiness. The unclean, by the way, will not travel it. Only those who walk in that way and fools will not stray onto it. Fools won't do it. Holiness is I want to do what God is pleased with and most people are not happy with. I, I, I want to do I want to do what God calls right. I want to do what God calls pure and wholesome and holy that's what I want to do that's exactly what I want to do that's what holiness is refusing to drink the wine of the king and eat his meat refusing to do what is popular what has the most likes living holy finding and walking on the way of holiness it is it's not a road that you're going to find fools on. You're going to find fools out here doing what? Being fools, acting foolish. That's what fools do. 
We say, oh, they acting the fool. You know who acted in living holy? They're not interested in doing ma what Mary did. They're not interested in getting up out of their comfort zone and marching toward the star and doing what God says so they can see what the God has promised them. They just want to be foolish. They want to do what feels good in the moment. They want to do what the world's doing. And here I go again about those other networks. They want to do what they're advertising and what they're prescribing at the moment is the right thing to do and the good thing that everybody ought to be doing. That's what fools are doing, folks. That's what fools are doing. Now, the Bible tells us in the sixth chapter of Micah, I know I've got a lot of scripture, but I, 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 I love the scriptures. That's where I get my counsel from. The scriptures tell us what we got to do, folks. The Bible tells you and I that it's a very narrow way. It, it, it's a straight gate there. It's not a crooked gate. It's not a loose gate. It's not a gate that you can, it's, the bars are so big you can wiggle in. It's a straight gate. And it's also a narrow way. And listen to what Micah said in the sixth chapter. He said, he has shown you, O mortal. Now see, God doesn't put it out of your reach. Can everybody still hear me, by the way, this morning? God doesn't put this straight gate, this narrow way. He doesn't put it out of your reach. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Here you go. Three things, to act justly and to love mercy and uh, walk humbly with your God. Now, when you start it out, you're going to seem like you're on your way. And right now, you know, you say, well, God, I got a lot going on, and I know you understand, Opie. I mean, I'll get back later. I'll get in church later. But I just got a lot of, I got a lot of baggage right now. I got a lot of things going on in my life. And God understands, by the way. He really, he, he, the Lord understands. But you know what the baggage is? The baggage is your flesh. The baggage is what, what you're doing that is nowhere near the way of holiness. We all tell ourselves it is because it's our flesh and we like it and we love it. And by the way, we've been fleshing it out for a long time and, and, and it's okay to us it is. And the devil doesn't help that situation out because he will reiterate the fact, oh, yeah, it's okay, so-and-so's doing it. Do you hear what that pastor's doing at the church? It's all right, go on, man, do it. And you, you figure out after a while, now, wait a minute. I, I don't have that joy in my life I used to have. I, I find myself doing things I don't want to do. And so you hear the preacher preach one day, draw near to God. Draw near to God. And he'll draw near to you. Well, one of the things that has to happen when, when you draw near to God, you just got to stop. If you're going to draw near to God, you do. You got to just stop somewhere. And you just say, Lord, I can't stand it. I'm about to go crazy. 
I've lost my job. And you start seeking the Lord. You just say, Lord, I'm, I'm not giving up. I'm not going to believe everything that I hear. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to look to what you say. There's a lot of voices going on. God, I'm seeking you. I am going to fast some during the month of December. I hadn't been reading my Bible, but God, I want you. I want you. And you start seeking the Lord. You start looking to the Lord, the great counselor. He's wonderful, but he's also a wonderful counselor. And you say, God, oh, I got to have you. And God, I can't keep doing this. I've been running on empty. I've been playing the game. I've been faking it. And we're not talking about your salvation here. Listen to me. We're talking about drawing near to God. And, and you just say, Lord, I, there was a time in my life when I woke up and you were on my mind. When I went to work, you were on my mind. When I went to school, you were on my mind. When I came home, when I was at work, I forgot to eat my lunch one day because I started reading my Bible. You were on my mind, you see. You were seeking the Lord. And then time, it just got busy. Somebody said, hey, let's go grab a bite today. And, and God was calling, look, me and you, just me and you today. Can we just do me and you? Today? Well, God, I'll do it this afternoon when I get off work. Hey, what, where you want to go? And so, see, you quit seeking. But then you remembered all that. And you said, you know what? I remember when I said no to the world. I didn't want it. I didn't want it. It wasn't for me. It wasn't made for me. And you just started seeking God. You said, God, I got to have you. I got to have you. I got to have you. And then you said, oh, Lord, here I am. Oh, it's a narrow way, God. It's a narrow way. And you, you start and you, you say, I'm, I'm doing it. And you pick that flesh back up again. Here we go again. And, and, and you say, God, I've made my mind up because I want you. And you find out. Not everybody is wanting to walk on the way, you see. Most people don't care about the way. Most people won't. And then you, you start on the way and, and you figure out, Oh, no, not that right there. And so you say, well, I saw, what? and then here you go. This is as far as you can. And you know, people will walk by you and look at you like you're crazy. You invite them to church. You try to get them to fast with you and all that, but, but, but they don't do it. They don't do it. They just keep on, no, I can't do it today. I can't do it today. And they just keep doing their own thing. And you say, God, but I want you. If nobody else in my church wants you, I want you. I've got to have you. You've counseled of me to buy fire, oh, gold that's been tried into fire, and I want it. And God, I'm willing to do whatever you tell me to do, God. And, and if, if I can't get a prayer partner with me, I'm still willing. So, God, I'm starting to go. And then all of a sudden you realize, you realize, here you go. Oh, God, but there's nothing wrong with it. God, there's really nothing wrong with it. The Lord says, but... I know there might not be anything wrong with it, but it's consuming your time. It's taking up your time. And, and, and so you set it down because you feel, feel like that you can't take it another day. And you get a little bit farther on the narrow road. And then when you get a little bit farther on the narrow road, you see that, well, there's a problem here. I'm ignored all the time. God, nobody wants you. Everybody's mind's on the virus. Everybody's mind's on staying safe. But God, I'm hungry. I want to get on that righteous road. I want to get on that holy road. And you say, Lord, I'm tired of it. I know you're coming back. And you say, God, I'm willing. Now it's uncomfortable. And you can't even go the way you thought you could go. You got to turn your lifestyle around. You got to turn into a prayer warrior. You got to turn into a praise. But that's what the way of holy 
holiness looks like. You got to do justly. You got to love mercy. Yes, you do. And you got to walk humbly with God. And it's a narrow way. It's a tight way. It squeezes you sometimes. But it's squeezing all of the flesh out of you so all of the goodness of God can flow from you. And that's what God is wanting His people to have. And that's what God is counseling us to have. And if we will seek Him while we may be found and get on the narrow way, don't get on the Broadway. Broadway is where they do plays. You want to stay right here where it's true. You want to do what God has for you. And it doesn't matter if nobody goes with you. Listen, I'm a fool for Christ's sake right now. And I know now I'm going to die a fool for Christ's sake. And that's okay with me because that's the way home. How many of you are ready to go home? I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go home. I want you to stand up with me if you will. And this is so uncomfortable. This is so tight. This is so tight that my shoes are touching both sides of this narrow way right here. But that's the way though, you see. I can't walk through this if I'm not willing to make some changes, you see. Some of them are uncomfortable changes. Some of them I think are unnecessary. But I want this so bad, I'm willing to do it. I want it so bad, y'all. Oh, I'm tired of all of this. This is the truth right here. This is the truth. This is the truth. And you're not going to see it at 7 o'clock. You're not going to see it. This is the truth. This is the way home. This is where the Lord is. The Bible tells us, I believe in the sixth chapter of Proverbs, that there's a list of things that God hates. There's a lot of things that we like that God hates. I talked a lot about liars a while ago. But a proud look, the Lord hates them. He can't stand arrogant, cocky, conceited. I know it all. I'm better than you. I don't even have time to go anywhere that I could go about that. That whole mentality is driving a lot of what's happening, the end results of what's happening. And the Lord hates a proud look, by the way. The Lord hates a lying tongue. The Bible says He hates hands that shed innocent blood. Don't talk about that right now. I am. The Lord hates hands that shed innocent blood. 62 million babies have been aborted. And every, every network I name to you has justified it. And a lot of churches have turned a deaf ear and a blind eye to it. And they've become politically correct. But I got news for anybody here that's in that category. You can love the world all you want to, but it won't fit that way right there. It won't. It's going to do this. It's going to fall to hell one day. All the innocent blood that's been shed, people can Hollywood it to death right now. But I'm telling you, there is a day of reckoning. And my God, he's heard the cries of millions of babies. And he will take vengeance one day because he said he would. He also said that he hates a heart that devises wicked imaginations. That won't fit there. He hates feet. Busybody, nosy busybody, people that's always causing, that, that just run to mischief. You love a fight. You love to get involved in drama. That's got your name all over it because it gives you fame. God hates that. He hates a 
false witness, he said in the 19th verse. And he hates a false witness that speaketh lies. See, God's been upset with all of it, you see. God's still upset. Nothing's caught him by surprise, but he hates those that sow discord among the brethren. But he gave you a promise that I'm going to leave you with today. He said, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. That, this is Ezekiel verse 30, uh, chapter 36. He said, I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statutes. See, that's his statutes right there. That's his statutes. That's not the world's. That's not the news. That's not prime time. That's not Facebook, uh, YouTube. That's not anything in their category right there. But the Lord said this right here. He said, I'll put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statutes. See, because when Jesus is in your heart, here's the determining factor. You're going to want to do the right thing, which is do justly. When Jesus, I don't mean multitudes, I mean when Jesus is in your life. I mean when the Spirit of God is in your life, you're you going to want to do justly. Even people, I don't care, gay people, broke people, white people, Hispanic people, black people, you're going to love mercy, friend. You know why? Because Jesus is in you. Jesus is loving mercy. He's a merciful God. The Bible says His mercy endureth to all generations. When Jesus is in your life, you're going to walk humbly with God. You're going to be like the one that was standing there beating his chest and said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And you know what? You're the one that's on the straight road right there. And this morning, before we go to the house, you go to your house now, make that clear. Before we go to the house, we've got today to do something. We've got to make a promise. You, you ain't making it to me. My mind's made up. You've got to make a, a decision and then a promise if your decision is that this Christmas right now, you want the Lord Jesus and the Word of God to be your counselor. Because there's so much vain imaginations in the uh, vain thoughts going on, imaginations in the minds of believers. And they can't or won't cast them down for nothing. And I'm not telling you to be in denial of anything. I'm telling you to be wise through the counsel of the Word of God because you had not seen anything yet. I sound like the bearer of bad news, but if we are still here next year, and I don't care, you quote me, write it down, you can put this segment on your phone and play it every day if it makes you feel better what I'm about to say. But if the Lord doesn't return, when 2021 rolls around, which was four weeks from this past Friday, you need a, a time check. When it rolls around, people will look back and wish they were back in 2020 again. God's trying to give us counsel to get us ready, folks. The stench of death will fill up this earth next year. So you got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And the counsel that you live by has to be his counsel. Get your mind out of this world and letting the world dictate and control. If you want to know if this is real or right, 
get you a computer and get you an encyclopedia and it'll just spell it out in plain braille English for you. So God, we stand here this morning all over this place and we need that wise counsel. God, we want that gold, that's that gold that's been tried in the fire, Lord. We know that if we are willing to let go of all this flesh, all of our pride and our ego and our arrogance that just keeps us away from this narrow way. We tell ourselves we're on it, but, but our actions betray us, Lord. They do. They give us away. I pray, Lord, today we'd make our minds up that only the counselor, hallelujah, of heaven and earth is going to call the shots in my life. God, that we are so hungry for holiness and that righteous way, that way of holiness. We don't care if we're labeled. We are fools, Lord, for your sake. We don't care if we're sized up and people uh, push us to the side and make fun of us. We are way above that, Lord. We count it a joy. Any suffering we do in this earth, Lord, we count it a joy. It's not worthy to be compared what you have prepared for us. So God, help us to leave this house today knowing that my Redeemer is faithful and true. What you said, you will do. What you started, you will finish. Hallelujah. And God, what you have saved and restored, you will use, Lord. Any person that's not a believer today, I want you to say, Jesus Christ, I will not wait another day. I will not hold my breath, cross my fingers, or hope that I go to heaven another day. I repent, I fall on my face, I get on my knees, and I call out to you. I denounce my way of thinking. It's wrong, it's from hell, it's vile, and only you and your counsel and what your word says is true. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. Cleanse me. Wash me, make me whiter than snow. And if you pray that prayer and you mean that from your heart, the Bible says all, all of it immediately, it's gone, it's washed away. And you're a brand new creature. God, I pray for the people that are here, people that are watching. Lord, you would be a strong tower to them this week, a shield and a buckler. God, and they would know that they are part of the majority, Lord. If God be for me, hallelujah, who can be against me? God, I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. And all God's people said amen. Now we're going to do what we did during praise. We're going to almost get creases and burns on our hands from worshiping him. Let's do that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before you move, don't forget. Don't forget. We are in a season of just personal, optional fasting. You fast a meal, a day, uh, something, a time when you honestly can get away with the Lord. And I'm going to leave you with something, all right? You know how you save the best for last or your mama brings out the banana pudding at the end? My mama did. And we knew where it was hiding. We'd get to it anyway. So, but it, it, this is about the only thing that'll fit in that narrow way. See, that Bible will fit good. You hear me? Y'all hear that? It fits right. It, it, no, no bouncing around. Oh, it, it, <laughs> the narrow way is made for the Word of God, you see. Hey, if, if you don't do anything with that, pick it up and start it right now. 
YouVersion app, read it, listen to it while you're driving, meditate on the Lord. And listen, register, register, register. When it opens up, and be careful, be honest with us, be honest with yourself, be honest with the Lord so we can keep the church open, okay?